Hello, ladies, and welcome to another exciting episode on the Ask with Confidence podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today and hope you leave this episode feeling empowered to take on your most difficult conversations. I'm your host, Katherine Kanaki. I'm a nurse, mediator, and the chief operating officer at the American Negotiation Institute, and I am passionate about helping women like you get the most out of your conversations and get ahead in life. Before we start, is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If so, check out our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we would love to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. So today we have a super exciting guest, Karen Briscoe. Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. I always love to talk about negotiations and particularly from the perspective that you're bringing the conversation to. So thank you for having me on your your podcast. My pleasure, and we are so excited to have you. So why don't we get started by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. So my background is residential real estate in the Northern Virginia, which is part of the Washington, D.C. metro region. And I have been in this field since 2002. I did do commercial real estate before that, so I come from that background. And at this juncture, I have what's called a mega team, which means have a business partner and staff and a number of agents. In 2019, we have sold our under have under contract over $80 million in real estate. We're in a high cost of living area. So our average sales price is a million dollars. So uh, so the market is strong right now, but we've I've been through several market corrections. So I have it, uh, knowledge from a lot of different perspectives. That is fascinating. And I am so excited for this episode because big purchase items tend to be a huge source of fear for a lot of women. And I know at least for me, when it comes to buying one of those big purchase items, whether it's like a car or buying a house, I usually feel like I need to bring a mail along with me. So that way I don't worry about getting taken advantage of. So I'm really excited. I know I'm going to learn just as much as the audience will. So let's jump right in and get to our first point about market knowledge. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so one of the benefits of the current market environment is there's so much available. I mean, Zillow provides a lot of information. There was always the tax records, and then there's just feet on the street, right? <laughs> Where you, you go to houses and you just get a sense of, of the market. I really recommend working with a professional. One of the difference between other high ticket items like a car, you don't really have somebody on your side negotiating for you. Uh, if you think about if, if it's on the purchase side, the real estate transaction, in most cases, the fee for the, the representation for the buyer or the purchaser is paid as part of the sales price as part of the commission structure that the seller pays. So it is a already built into the price of the house. So you should be sure and, and arm yourself with a, a real estate agent that is experienced and familiar with the area that you're looking in. And, but I, I still feel like when my clients have done some of their own legwork, it's really helpful because they can come with a lot of understanding of what value you can get in certain price points and certain locations. And then we can certainly work from there in terms of drilling down for comparables and, and talking about how to structure an offer. Because people, it used to be in the olden days, the real estate agent kept all the information or had access to all the information and the, and the buyers and sellers relied on that. And now it, the information is readily available, but what is most key for 
engaging the skills of a professional is that they have the ability to discern all that information. So just like in any profession, the people who do it every day are the ones that are going to have more knowledge about what's actually happening in the marketplace and, and how to make sure that you buy well or sell well, depending on which side of the transaction you're on. Fantastic. And you are so right about being prepared and bringing in that information yourself, even if you aren't the expert on the team, because just having that information is so important to help you through these conversations and these negotiations. So that being said, with all of the information that's out there, it can be very overwhelming. So what would you suggest that we do in order to help us sort through the information and make sure that we're getting the best um, prep possible, whether that's finding a real estate agent or being in line with what the market values are out there. In working with any professional, I really find that most people start with people they know, that they know, like, and trust, that there's already that basis. If there's, you know, some someone that you know that's already bought or sold in that area, then, you know, referral is usually a great place to start. If that is not available to you then, or you want to work with someone that you don't have a connection to, although I do find most people do want to do that, then you know the market. I know you know this community. I know you know values. And so that research is pretty readily available on the internet now. That's brilliant. And you're right. We do best. Uh, we're more likely to agree and get the most out of those relationships that we are closest with because of trust. And when we trust somebody, it's it's easier to be successful and more open to options and solutions. So it's important um, that we are working with somebody that we trust and know. So when we get to where we are actually making an offer, you're wanting to put an offer on a house, what is the best way to go about making that offer so that way it's a success? So there is a kind of a double-edged sword of you want to be assertive without being, you know, so aggressive that you then, you know, get into a state of where you're not in goodwill with the seller. So it's going to depend. So it's kind of like what most lawyers say, right? When you ask for anything, well, it depends. <laughs> so it depends. I would first, you know, get the information from your real estate professional or, or what you can glean from the internet as to what the sales ratio to ask price is most common in that market area. So in, for example, in the Northern Virginia, Washington, DC metro region, because we have Amazon HQ2 came and we're in a, a robust market right now in some segments, they're almost always going over list price. So <laughs> there is, it's negotiation in reverse, right? So you wanna write a competitive offer that is going to be accepted. So mm-hmm. it really does depend. There is a rule of thumb that uh, some, it also has to do with the time factor on the market. So if a home has been on the market for less than 30 days, then in most cases, an offer within 5% is still respectable enough. It's assertive without being aggressive to the point where you, you will create bad will. I always recommend creating as much of a, a win-win and a goodwill as possible in all phases of the negotiation because a real estate transaction is not a one and done. You don't just write the offer and you have to, there's a number of steps that go in the process. So there's usually home inspections, there's the financing appraisal process, there's all of the items that on the checklist to get it to settlement. And so you never know along the way where goodwill is really going to be beneficial. You can't really monetize that. So the other 
way to know kind of, you know, inside information or intel is most real estate agents talk with each other and find out if there's been any other offers, find out if there's been any price changes, which is usually information that's available as part of the listing, find out if the seller situation. And in negotiations, of course, money is key, but there's a lot of other aspects to the negotiation that can also impact whether the offer will be accepted or responded to. I, I always call it respond rather than counter because counter sounds like you're against each other. And I always want to say mm -hmm. no, we're both working towards the same objective. And so I in language can be really important. And in the responding back and forth, just be mindful waiting for a response back because I find that when sometimes women uh, tend to want it all to happen really fast and that that <laughs> tension or that time of waiting and so i i remind everybody to watch that uh, that tv show the uh how i met your mother where they have that wait for it skit so if you if you're really like going oh my gosh but i gotta know i gotta know i gotta know uh, you want to wait for it you want to wait for the other side to respond in some way and before you go back again because that that women tend to want to get to resolution really fast and they sometimes end up actually countering themselves when they do that. So that's just a, a tip that I, I find that, and I find, I find it on both sides, but I, I find that people often, they, they can't give it the space it needs. So I'm like, give it the space it needs in the timeline that they're kind of meant to happen. Hi, this is Catherine Kanapke. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the American Negotiation Institute, and we have some exciting news for you. Our new online course will be launching on January 13th, 2020. Over the past few years, we've traveled the country teaching professionals in procurement, sourcing, and sales the keys to effective negotiation. We've taken all of the lessons from those workshops and put it into this powerful course. This course will provide you and your team with a powerful set of strategic tools that you can use to get the best deal for your company. At the end of the program, you'll have more confidence, more skills, and we'll get better deals in the process. Remember, class starts January 13th, 2020. We hope to see you there. Check out the website to learn more. And now, back to the show. Brilliant. And I especially love the point you made about sitting and waiting for the other side to make the offer. Just in any negotiation, it's super important that you take the time to let the other side to make an offer because you can end up negotiating against yourself, like you said. And when you make a mistake like that, you can't put the proverbial toothpaste back in the tube per se. So it's so important that, you know, even though it's uncomfortable, we take that time to be silent and allow the other side to give a counter offer. So when thinking about our offer, what are some of those non-monetary items we should be thinking about in order to increase the value of our offer and create a greater chance for success? I would first, you know, get the contingencies that are very beneficial to a seller, such as going ahead and scheduling the inspections or in some cases doing inspections prior to an offer. And any contingency that can be removed faster is going to be more important and beneficial to a seller. And I always recommend writing a personal letter and including a photo. Now, this can have some repercussions to it, but in most cases, most cases, when the transaction feels like in many, for sellers, that they're like, okay, this is just another person who's submitting a bunch of papers. When it's personalized, particularly if there's something that's written about the home, because that seller loves that home, <laughs> unless it's an investor and that is very rare, but let's just 
most cases, people are selling a home. So if you can personalize why that is a special place for the buyer, then that will create a lot of goodwill that doesn't effectively cost any money. And it really goes a long way in the negotiation process. And just be mindful of fair housing. So want to be just be sure that you don't write anything that would be considered a fair housing violation. But at the same time, you could talk about the house. I remember this one example of a young woman and she and her fiance wanted to buy this house. They were competing against a lot of other people. The house had been lived in for years, hadn't really been that well maintained. It needed a lot of work, but it was like she wanted to live there and she loved the bookshelves in the basement and they were very retro. Uh, but she just wrote about how uh, she could see herself, you know, and, and that really meant something to the seller. <laughs> They're like, I'm so glad you're not going to be like somebody's going to flip the house and you're not going to be like the person who's going to tear the house down. You're actually going to live here and care for it like I did. All she did was talk about how much the bookshelves meant to her. So it, that is something that a buyer can do. Oh, wow. That, that I would have never thought about that. That's a great point. And women specifically are very good at kind of honing in on that emotional aspect. So I think that's something that a lot of women can do excellently. Yes, I agree. And that's why when you were talking about women in negotiations, there are benefits. I mean, it's not like we're second class on this. We can actually make more of an impact because the home is a personal and almost always cases. It, even people that are professionals in their their work life, they view the home differently. And so this is where women can really rise and, and shine in their, when they get ready to purchase real estate. Absolutely. I, I like to emphasize that there are a lot of things that we can do and to kind of to focus on those. Exactly. Exactly. Focus on the positives. But on that emotional aspect, are there any blind spots that women might have? At whatever point it is in the process to be careful not to do hard and fast language like, you know, that's my, you know, final offer. Drawing lines and sands creates division, right? So you want to, so if in fact that is the best you can do right then, then say things like that. It's the best I can do right now. Or I have, you know, pulled together, you know, what I can do at this point, see what you can do and I'll see what I can do at that juncture. So language is really key. And the other thing that find ways to expand the pie, because when there, there's, value added when people see that everybody's trying to find a way to work together, then I find that it, they do work together, right? <laughs> so that is another way. It's old improv technique. So back to the analogy of the tennis game of negotiations. What I find is, first of all, the seller is the one that makes the first offer of sale because they list their home for sale. Then the purchaser writes an offer to purchase. The seller's first response will give a strong indication on whether the parties will come to an agreement. If the seller is coming halfway or close to halfway, then I find that 90% of transactions, and I've done over 1,500 of them over 17 years. So when the seller comes halfway or comes close to a number that's in the middle, will give a strong indication on whether the parties will come to an agreement. Brilliant. So we're coming up on time. Is there any final advice that you'd like to give women? I find that the biggest thing I see is indecision. So I, all of these things require making a decision. And I think that there is 
the concern or the thought that, oh, I'm going to make the wrong decision. So then they make no decision. And so then that is, is what I see as the biggest pitfall. So my daughter is a, a young professional in Austin and and she asked me about buying a house. And I'm like, well, of course you should buy a house. I mean, real estate is, is the only real estate. And I believe in it. It is good to buy well and buy right. I don't want you to just buy willy-nilly. But most women wait too long. That's the thing they do. So it's the, the proverb, you know, when was the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? Next best time is now. It's the same with real estate. So <laughs> waiting for the perfect time is... You, you may end up waiting 20 years and go, wow, I should have bought it 20 years ago. So that's what I would say is what I find most common. Oh, I, I want to follow up on that. How do you get over that? I need to find the perfect whatever. How do you make that decision? So there, there are no perfect houses. There are no perfect spouses. There are no perfect <laughs> children. There are no perfect jobs. There's no perfect, you know, it, is, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people who spend multi-million dollars don't get everything they want. So if you really are not sure, then one way to do it is to, you know, create a checklist. So there, there's a cost to housing. So you will be renting and paying the landlord's mortgage, or you will be paying your own mortgage. So the time's going to go past whether you do it or not. So waiting for the perfect, it could end up waiting too long. So if you find something that meets the majority of your you know, wish list. It's it doesn't have to be your forever home. So just be mindful of that too. I've seen many women, people. What they do is they buy their first one, and then that becomes an investment property, and then they they buy the next one if it's a later in their life and they have more income, or they've gotten married or had children or whatever. So it can be it can still be a good strategy even if you're not sure about what your next is in your life. I I do find though that some people. Uh, don't allow enough time though for the market. So really five years is what most people should plan on before they would consider selling uh, just because there's a cost of selling, right? So it's not like it, uh, you can just in most cases flip it. I know in, in, in active markets you can, but if you have a five-year plan, then you should feel pretty confident that you should go forward. Well, Karen, this has been brilliant. I have learned so much and have I feel like there's so much more that I could still learn about this and talk to you for hours, but we are time. So how can the audience get in touch with you and and find you? So my website is the number five minute success. And I have two real estate books that are available on Amazon and on the website, Uh, real estate success in five minutes a day. And that's a great resource just to get some kind of basic knowledge. It's written more towards a real estate professional, but you would have their kind of inside information. And then a commit to get lead 66 day challenge, which is about lead generation and business development. And then my most recent book, which actually is, would be brilliant for women. And that's called Flip Time, Love Life. Because I found many women say they don't have enough time to to do the things they want to do. So so the idea is to flip time and and focus on self-actualization and following your bliss. And and so that's a heroine's journey story. And all of those, like I said, are available on Amazon and on the website. And then there's Facebook uh, group and Instagram is the number five minute success. And on the real estate side, if you're in the Northern Virginia, Washington, DC metro region, or you live somewhere else, you would love a referral. I am a Keller Williams agent and our team is called the HBC group. Uh, with Keller Williams, which you can Google my name and you'll find me practically on the whole first page of Google. 
Wonderful. We will put all of that information in the description below. Thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks again for being a listener of the Ask with Confidence podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're enjoying the content, please subscribe and review. We want this podcast to reflect what you, the listener, are experiencing in your everyday life and your feedback will help us do just that. Again, thank you. And we hope you join us in the next episode.